Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we blast a dead horse with super lasers, 1d6 damage at a time. On today's episode, we're talking Silver Age Sentinels, the first superhero game ever to let you play every power level of superhero, or that's what it says in the book, and I have no particular reason to doubt it. That's definitely the first thing that happened around 2004. Why don't we get into it on today's System Mastery? everybody welcome back to system mastery where i am your host jeff and joining me as always right here in the studio that's right a professional studio with baffling on the walls and good mics that cost more than 20 dollars and everything no it's three-year-old <laughs> running around half naked <laughs> screaming about how i need a friend <laughs> you need a friend particularly yes i need a friend and by friend she mostly means yo gabba gabba figures yes but that's John. That's John right there. Yeah, it's me. Mm-hmm. It's me finger gunning as hard as I possibly could. Definitely in a real live studio and not my crappy bedroom. Indeed. Mm-hmm. With uh, with video games right behind me, taunting me. Taunting. Ooh, I could turn around and play Final Fantasy fourteen. John, I could play Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, you could. One of the few. The proud. Oh, they'll. Uh, it'll go back on sale tomorrow. Oh no. Yeah. Oh. Oh, your queue times. <laughs> I know. Now what will you do? It'll actually open up when it goes uh, on sale back tomorrow. It's because they're also adding a new server. So I expect queue times to get better as a lot of people jump servers. Yeah, they're offering a lot of uh, incentives to do that. Yes, so I'm not too worried about it uh, because I've been having a good time with that game. It's a fun game right now, and the Endwalker story is great. And let me just spoil that for you real quick. Let me just uh, rattle off everything that happens. (laughs) How you doing? I'm doing so fine. Yeah. Yeah, you feel it so blows fine. my mind. <laughs> you feel so elated? <laughs> I, I feel so alive! <laughs> For the very first time! So, uh, that's good. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Uh, you've recovered from last night's soda experiment. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> John and I went out for a uh, a pint and, a, and a, uh, fish and chips last night. Yes, indeed. There's we a, went to a nice English pub. Yeah, there's a pretty good English pub near us that we can go to occasionally. And I uh, had some blackthorn with uh, that, that, what do you call that? The, uh, the, the Not snake bite, it's the other thing. No, it's the uh, cider and black. Cider and black, where it's got a little bit of uh, black, black, current. Uh, black current cordial in there. Ooh, that's good. Oh, so good. Yeah, but uh, there's a little tiny British-style shop. A little shoppy, if you will. <laughs> yeah, next door to it. And uh, we went in there and tried some some British items. Well, yeah, Not I just got... British. In this case, we tried a Scottish item. Well, yeah, I got the, the things that I love that I don't normally find, mm-hmm. which is the Crunchy Bar, which uh, is in every way superior to the Violet Crumble, in my opinion. Oh, I, I think you're inviting a fight from a bunch of our British listeners. I definitely am. Yeah. And uh, also, of course, just a giant milk chocolate dairy milk bar, because I fucking love Cadbury. Yeah. But then they also had some Urn Brew. Mmm, Urn Brew. The, uh, the, the soda of Scotland. Guaranteed to look the most like pepperoni oil of any beverage, except for, I guess, pepperoni oil. Yeah, well, of any beverage that gets sold as a beverage. <laughs> Are we saying that pepperoni oil is or is not a beverage? No one has sold pepperoni oil as a beverage. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> to my knowledge. I didn't know that. Was... I have not been to Scotland, and I would not put it past them. <laughs> They'd probably have a tough time, tough time selling it with all the urn brew around. 
So that, People are like, oh, pepperoni oil. I wanted urn brew. You did? You sure? Have you tried it? <laughs> kind of tastes like bubble gum and water. To me, yeah, it kind of tasted like weak bubble gum with crushed up aspirin in it. Yeah. It wasn't that wasn't terrible, but you'd think that description it should be. And it was. And it was terrible. Come at me, Scotland. Normally we're all on Brit we're all against the English here and we we're uh, we side with the Scots. Oh, I'm always on the Scots side. Yeah. But uh, uh get your get your soda game together, yeah, my dudes. Come on, guys. This is uh this pepperoni oil won't cut it. Doesn't even taste enough like paprika. <laughs> <laughs> it's not savory enough. I know. Come on. It's the that golden amber color, I was expecting it to taste like pizza runoff. <laughs> like you'd get in New York. Yeah, this is New York. <laughs> So let's talk about Silver Age Sentinels before people turn this off. Yeah, because unlike here, New York is Empire City. Because <laughs> right. they decided randomly that it's still New York and it's still everything that it is in New York. You can still go to like Times Square and shit, mm-hmm. but they just decided to call it Empire City. You know, that's not outside the realm of good comic development. That's kind of like how Metropolis sometimes is just New York. No, but I mean like... This is literally New York. It oh, it's was just, it's New just York. called Empire. Oh, okay, so they changed the name of it to Empire City. Itself. Yeah, the Empire right. State Building got its name changed to, like, Olympic Tower. It's, it's time for a mea culpa here on the show, first time ever. Uh, I ran out of time reading this, and so I read all the rules and the GM advice section, and then in, I had to record today. Well, yeah. So I the mean, section that's, like, all the, all the uh, character descriptions in the world is going to be John's responsibility. I'll go ahead and let you know right now, the... The setting for this is not weird enough that it would matter if you didn't know. Because it's, I mean, the biggest development really is just that New York is Empire City and that uh, they changed the name of a couple buildings. But other than that, it's like, yeah, you can still just go to, you know, fucking Times Square or Hell's Kitchen or whatever. They still have an M&M store there and a Guy Fieri restaurant. (laughs) Can I still get donkey sauce and you can, gar- trash you can can 100% nachos? 100% get donkey sauce. <laughs> okay, good. I would be really worried they ruin the setting if I couldn't. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it has the whole, like, yeah, the first, like, real masked Avengers showed up in around World War One, and they didn't have powers. Mm-hmm. And then World War Two happened, and America had the Manhattan Project and then the other project that created a superhero. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's, that almost sounds like they're just trying to copy it by doing what comic books actually did where you know right around world war one world war two you start seeing things like like uh I, I don't know spy smasher and captain america and so on where they don't really have powers but they're just like the pinnacle of america and, Bill, no, you and get, before that you get batman yeah you get the old style like scarlet Lone ranger type yeah and scarlet pimpernel yeah so you get things like oh there was the british hero of world war one tommy gunn <laughs> Given that they have, they have both Tommy Gunn and Tom Foolery in here, <laughs> I, I think we kind of leaned on the Tom puns a little bit too much. Uh, Hopefully, there's not a character with music powers named like the like Tom Tom Club or something. Ah, uh, Tom Tom. <laughs> He's Tom Tom Club. He he hits you to a beat with a club, and also he can tell you where to get if you need to go to a place. Yeah, he's Tom he, Tom Club, and he he keeps asking you where is the tenderness while he's beating you with a club because he's tenderizing you. Yes, that's my uh, bonus content character. <laughs> Patreon.com slash system <laughs> Go find our Tom Tom Club joke. You know who that is, right? Come on. Everyone yeah. remembers the Tom Tom Club. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things where you don't really need to know the setting too much. There are a few NPCs, and they do, uh, like in the NPC sections when they have the write ups of them, they have like the old 
first appearance amazing stories number 27 or whatever i'll go i'll go to bat for that even though i didn't see it i like that kind of thing that's one of the things i like about the sentinels card game yeah but it that's why it tracks like an actual comic book thing because they tried to do that yeah now uh the first things i really want to talk about when it comes to this book and i'm gonna i'm gonna call up my my phone notes for this real quick here hello phone notes i i took a lot of notes maybe that that might have been the thing i mean Really, the reason why I'm a little behind on my reading on this one is because Sage is going through a lot of uh, of complex potty training right now, which is eating a lot of my time. Ooh, complex potty training. She's very into it. She's uh, she's, exci- she's excited. She's excited. Super into it, but we make her run a maze before she gets there. <laughs> I do everything I can to stop her. I thought the best way to get her potty trained was to throw a million obstacles at her, so that you know later on when we don't, it'll be so easy. Yeah, everyone understands that when you tell a kid you can't do something, they want to do it more. Yeah. So I figured. Yeah. Let's take it to the next level. I lost her diaper on her <laughs> and i'm like you cannot possibly use that potty and she's like oh fuck you dad oh you think i can't you think i can't i will use that potty immediately oh, i'm gonna run through your death maze no but what i was meant to say is that the reason i didn't get through this book is because it's like 380 pages long it's a big one. Oh, it's a big book yeah don't it, don't fret about that but it, that's because it's big they boy. really wanted to have rules for a lot of corner case optimization. The, it's one of those, yeah, it's like a GURPS kind of thing where they wanted to cover every... I mean, again, it's because it's the TriStat people. What are they called? Like, uh, some, something games. Something games. So, there's some kind of games. Some it, kind of games. Guardian Force or something like that. I forget. But uh, Guardians of Order? Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians of Order, Inc.? I think it's Guardians of Order, Inc. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they made uh, Big Eyes, Small Mouth, and a few other games that we've covered already with their TriStat system. But they always go all in on customization. Well, yeah, that was their big thing. Mm-hmm. At least with this one, like with Big Eye Small Mouth trying to emulate anime, mm-hmm. I'm like, that is a medium. It's not a genre, it would, it's a medium. It would be like if this book was trying to emulate comic books and not superheroes. Which we've seen. We've seen several books that purport to just cover comic books. You're like, I don't know if I can use this to play like Persepolis. <laughs> I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know if I can use this to play like an old style romance game, comic book or like, you know, mouse <laughs> love and rockets do one of those horror <laughs> vault comic books. Yeah, but this is no, this is supposed to be able to cover every kind of I mentioned I mean, it in the, by intro. the name Silver yeah. Age Sentinels. You know that they're really more than anything trying to hone in on that four color. Silver Age four color feel. Yes. And they mentioned that a great deal in the opening. Uh, the, the reason I wanted to get into the opening so bad is because, as I mentioned in the intro, it does make a weird uh, thesis statement where they're like, why did we write this game? You may be wondering. And in fact, here's a whole timeline of every superhero game ever published up until 2004, just so you can see for your own reasons whether or not you need to buy this. Yeah. Um, but th- their reason that they stayed is because this is the first role-playing game to cover every power level of superheroes, from the lowly street hero to the golden gods of above. And you can get anything you want. Yeah. And it, my first thought was like, no, it isn't. I, I mean, mean, you even list the other games that do that in your timeline. There have been customizable super games. I mean, this very much does have a, what is this power? It's the make up your own power power. Yeah. But, I mean, Marvel superheroes role-playing, the old Phase Rip one, definitely covered the gamut from, you know, Daredevil on through to the Beyonder. I mean, the high-level stat in the game was called Beyonder. Well, yeah. So you could make the Beyonder. See, and that's the thing, is this doesn't. This has a 1 to 10 progression, and level 10 for some powers are kind of ridiculous. Definitely goes above 10. It goes to, like, 30 if you need it to. Well, yeah. the but, power but levels for the most part, one that to you 10. can buy yeah. are essentially, you get 1 to 10. Yes, and the 10 where it caps out for most powers is very, very good, mm-hmm. but 
there's no way you'd be able to make like a cosmic being in this game that would be able to be like, oh yeah, I just like rewrite everything. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you wanted to write a test, and I don't, I don't know why you would, because ultimately, I don't feel like a game that can cover every kind of superhero there's ever been is a good idea. Yeah, I much prefer. I'm, I'm call me crazy, but I'm the guy who likes my biopics about a, a really important part of the of the uh, historical figure's life and not their entire fucking life. Eh. You know what I mean? Like, see, so not to see them as a baby or whatever. You don't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, I'm just you like, know when they were a baby, yeah. And they were like, "Are you an angel?" And yeah, <laughs> and then later they're Darth Vader, and it's a real problem. Yeah, it's just a real problem for everybody. And then he fi- then he's got his drug period. <laughs> but no, I'm like I'm more inclined to be like, let's just watch Dylan turn on the electric guitar for the first time. Let's cover that week and not like his whole fucking life. Oh. Uh, but I'm the same way with my superhero game. You know, pick your pick your target and then make the best game you can about that target. Yeah. So anyway, my metric would be: Can you make Stardust the Super Wizard? So if you're saying you can make absolutely every hero, can you make Stardust the Super Wizard is my uh, my go-to. And I don't know if you're familiar with that character. No. He's a Golden Age comic hero. His power was that he was omniscient and omnip- omnipotent. And what he every comic was him up at his star observatory listening to a villain plot a ridiculous scheme where they're like, I'm going to kill everyone on Earth. And he'd always wait until they started it so they'd kill or force to flee like thousands of people or something. And then he'd just show up and use his arbitrary bullshit wizard powers to do goofy revenge to the villain. They'd be like, I'm going to send you to a planet where I'll take away all of your body but your feet and your head. And then you'll have to live on that planet as a tiny head with feet. And it's just, and then uh, now off back to my observatory. And that's like all he did. He was like the goofy specter. Ah, so ah, the goofy specter. <laughs> if the specter was goofy, oh, yeah. <laughs> so so I'm anyway, the that, spirit of that... vengeance, <laughs> Max. <laughs> vengeance comes for us all, <laughs> Donald. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this game doesn't quite get there. But uh, what I really wanted to talk about was the intro. We got that thesis statement where it's like, oh, we're going to make every possible hero, and then there is like the Ten Commandments of of uh, game design. That's like this big play. Like they actually print out like a stone tablet with carved rules of game design, which I love because the first one is that like ah oh, rules are not written in stone, and I'm like <laughs> nice. I mean, I get that one. That you one, that's it. just the joke. I'm, I, I'm with them on that. <laughs> nice. I like it. It's a good joke. I only wrote down a couple of them, uh, but some of them I absolutely agree with and I think are good to set at the beginning of a book, and other ones I found kind of silly. Um, so, for example, uh, you've got a game that isn't fun is a chore, is one of the manifesto statements in there. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's great. I, I hate it when games, when we come across games that are like punishing or intentionally not fun because they're like, this is serious business, you guys. We have to get through this simulation. Uh, but we also have one that I always I feel like is a warning sign, yeah. which is uh, min-maxing and munchkinism aren't problems with the game. They're problems with the player. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go ahead and meet you halfway here. <laughs> it's a little of both. If your game is min-maxable to the point that you're like, oh, I barely read this. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I got to I got to take advantage of this. There's a little blame to go around. Yeah, yeah. If you can build an unbelievably ridiculous... If if you are writing that because your game is infinitely abusable because you didn't do a very good job of tightening up your corners, you can't just blame it on the players. You put that in front of them, and when they read it, they're like, oh, this is... I can make all kinds of dumb bullshit with this. Am I not supposed to? Because I feel like it would say I wouldn't, I'm not supposed to if I can't. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, throughout the book, 
uh, whether it's in the power section or any of the character creation or whatever it is, it seems like the impression that I got is this game wants you to make a character one-on-one with a GM in front of you where you tell the GM, like, all right, this is the concept I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. This is sort of the powers I was thinking I would have. And then you would sit there and do that together rather than a, a player sitting at home with the book and just going, all right, what dumb shit am I going to do? Yeah, it does definitely need a kind of a guiding hand because, I mean, it's not just that you can, I mean, obviously, John and I have already made our characters for our bonus content and uh, patreon.com slash patreon.com slash system mastery, the $1 level. Uh, you know, both and both of us are going to end up making some abusive nonsense because we're putting the system through its paces. We're not actually going to go ruin someone's game with our garbage characters. Oh, yeah. I'm not taking the character I made in the bonus content at patreon.com slash system mastery at the mm -hmm. $1 level. Yeah. And then going to like a convention and being like, ha ha, fuck you, buddy. But, but it's more than that. Some of the powers in this game, even if you just take them, I feel like I'm just going to take this one at like rank four and I'm done. It's already more than twice as good as other nearby powers at rank four. Yeah, the fact that they want the powers to be fairly broad, because they have things like, instead of going like, here's laser vision and here's fire blast and, and having everything be a different thing, it's just special attack. Yeah, special attack covers every kind of beam or punch with a super hammer or... Like if other... you have an energy sword yeah. or you have you know, cold breath or whatever. It's all in there. Like, if you make Thor, you're going to be like, my special attack is swinging Mjolnir at something. But also... Also my, a secondary one of lightning blast. Or throwing Mjolnir at people. Uh, or any other thing. So you're going to you're gonna build a lot of powers, but almost a, a lot of people, uh, regular characters' powers are just going to be variations on special attack. Yeah. Similarly, if you want to build... Oh, I don't know. Storm, Iceman, Johnny, uh, Johnny Iceman, Johnny, Ice, Johnny Iceman, the Human Flame, <laughs> Johnny Flame, the Human Ice. Uh, there's one called Dynamic Power, which basically covers, you know, you are the master of X thing. Where yeah. You're like, oh, you can make Magneto by just saying that I'm Dynamic Power of Magnetism. Yeah, and that's essentially a thing where they go, oh, if you can talk your way into doing it, then you can use whatever other power. And say, as long as it's under your purview. So if you're like, I'm doing the Magneto thing, mm -hmm. the dynamic power itself doesn't do anything. But I could say like, oh, I'm using telekinesis on this metal mm -hmm. because that falls under my magnetism. Yeah. So as long as you have dynamic power and you're good at arguing, you can use every other power in the game if you can argue that it correlates to your dynamic power. Oh, yeah. I mean, Magneto basically just has the dynamic magnetism. Yeah. Because he's like. I have a four. I use it for force field. I use it for telekinesis. I use it for flight. I use it for, flight. I use it for uh, mind control that one time, <laughs> that one famous time. Yeah, you know, the very famous time that we keep bringing up. <laughs> the time he said he has a magnetic personality because he can mind control people by making his eyes glow at them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, I mean, the way it works is literally if you can argue that your power, your purview of dynamic power covers a power, you can just use that power now. And, and this is my favorite part of it if you have rank four in dynamic power, you can control up to eight ranks of other powers at once. So you could be like, well, I'm Magneto. I have the power of magnetism. I would like to use flight and telekinesis at the same time, as I would often do as Magneto. Uh, I can use both of them at rank four, where if I were to purchase magnetism or telekinesis and flight, it would cost more than doing this, and I could only use one at a time. I mean, it really depends on the powers that you're using. Well, I'll, I'll, that's fair. You got me there. Because one of the things about dynamic power 
is that it's a variable cost range. The game is all point by. Yes. So if you purchase bare minimum dyna- dynamic power, if you're like, oh, it's fire, it's 10 points per, per rank of it. If you purchase life itself or heaven as your purview of what you're a power of, it's 20 points per rank of it, twice as much, which you think should translate to a great deal more mechanical capability for double the points. And not only that, the most expensive per rank power of the game, except that there is literally no difference between choosing heaven and choosing fire. Both of them are, if you can argue that you could be able to use any power in the game, you can. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely one of the things where I look at it and I go, you know, as funny as it is to be like, yeah, I have control over math. Yeah. I have the math power and I can make math function differently. Math is one of the prime powers. It's 20 points per rank to be the master of math, to be the mathematician. But almost anything I would say, because it doesn't give you any base power, so it's not like you can pull any bullshit that you couldn't with just a power. Because if I'm like, oh, I go up to a teller and I'm like, Ah, I'll give you $1 for $120 bills, because that's what that equals now, that I've changed math. Yes. And... But that's just mind control. But that's... But you'd be doing it as mind control power, and I could just be like, oh, uh, I use fire and the intensity of my heated personality. I make a heated argument. Yeah. I, uh, I use the power of air and I breeze through this conversation where I trick them into giving me way more money. It's just... I mean, it's essentially how much is your GM going to call you on your bullshit? Yeah. Basically, what you've got here is one of those weird mixes of absolute granularity and uh, very fluid power descriptions that a lot of them just boil down to argue your way out of this one. Yeah. Like you see it in the skill costings as well, because skills are also costed variably per rank. So and they try to do it like, oh, well, we've weighted the, the cost per rank and skills by what is important to a campaign. So, for example ranged attacks, melee defenses, things like that, those all cost a great deal of points per rank. But something like, I, I don't know, driving is quite cheap because you probably shouldn't need to do it that often. No. That said, a lot of the powers are highly costed and it'd be hard to come up with a reason why they would be. Like, acrobatics is like eight points per rank, but there isn't a description in the acrobatics section where it says, like, you can use this for combat applications or anything. It's just like, you can use this to do acrobatics. And I'm like, you're going to need to give me more. <laughs> For eight points per rank, I'm going to need to hear some discreet shit I can do with this. <laughs> well, when you try to do acrobatic shit, instead of rolling your just your body, you can also have this. Yeah, except that you'd just be like, well, I'm not going to do acrobatic shit then. Why would I do it if it's fucking expensive and there's nothing it can do that I can't just get around by taking a much cheaper flight power and just hovering over the problem? Aww. So, anyway, uh, that's well, it's just a common pet peeve I have with games that are uh, this granular is that the granularity tends to bring about easy ways to break it. You just yeah. look at the, pos- the the point cost and go, oh, well, this is way better, and it completely elides the value of that anyway. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's all the way back, because we were talking back about the, the manifesto. Intro. That's the whole thing of, if you tell me that, you're, that min-maxing is a problem with the player, I'm like, if you present me with a giant, plate of nonsense and i start eating it and you're like how dare you eat that yeah that's not that's that's a problem for both of us <laughs> i'd be like saying eating a lot of different kinds of food is a player problem anyway here's a hometown buffet <laughs> we're gonna go inside i'm not gonna tell you don't eat anything yeah but i will shun you if you do <laughs> but if you do i'm gonna be like really mm. uh in fact i'm ranch not even, fountain a person i'm not even willing to meet them halfway uh, munchkinism is just a mean term for min-maxing, and min-maxing is not a player problem. Min-maxing is a player choice. 
Ah. If you if you're in a game that where the DM is like, hey, min max away, I want to put the system through its paces. It's not a problem. It's only a problem if the DM has a problem with min maxing. I I defy that manifesto statement at its very level, <laughs> literally. Yeah, but <laughs> that I think, might just be because I'm a big old min maxer. Yeah, but I think you're a problem. So <laughs> that's fine. Someone should write a game for me. The problem child who is 42. Yes. <laughs> so what? Uh an orphan or yeah whatever anything's fine i'll take whatever game i'm just thinking of that uh that horror movie where it was like oh it's a little girl but she's actually like a 40 year old russian woman spoiler alert she falls into the ice and i guess a 10 year old horror movie or something it's older than that i think doesn't have a sequel even Orphan? Which is the craziest Maybe? thing, because I, I think she died. Whatever. Anyway, uh, there's a few more in there. Uh, one of them I liked was that the GM always works with and not against the players. The GM should be a fan of the players and the story they're telling. Yes. Also, just straight up good advice. I don't think they follow through in this book, but it is also, <laughs> but it is very good advice. Yeah, I'll say the, the general advice sections in here are very good yes. at specifically saying this is the kind of game that this game wants to be. Yeah. Like... Yes, you could run this as, you know, like Lone Ranger Western heroes where you're just like masked vigilantes with, you know, horses and six shooters. Yeah, sure. You could run it whatever. Or whatever DC bat, uh, Jonah Hex, that kind of shit. Yeah. If you want to do that, that's fine. Yeah. But they were like, those are all options. Our base level is this. This is what you should know going into it. This is what you should convey to your players. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is all good advice so that you can go into it and be like, yeah, I'm looking to run a campaign that is street-level heroes, so, you know, we're not really going to be looking at people having, like, power levels above, say, five. Yes. Yeah, and that that's fair. And, and there's also a whole bunch of advice for how to variably scale the power level of your game. So, for example, if you're playing, like, the new gods of of uh, of uh, the gods of new genesis or whatever and be like uh cut everyone's stats in half after they build their characters because they're going to build them to be gods and then you don't need to keep working with these super high numbers so just cut everyone's stats in half and then if they meet like a lowly mortal then they uh, increase their stats back to their regular level so they can feel like super gods exactly they're like stuff like that if if you're playing as as guardians or whatever then just go ahead and be like yeah you basically have like Instead of a 15, you have a 7. But as soon as you go down to Earth, yeah. you go back to a 15 because you're like, dude, I'm, an, I'm a god. Yeah, even if you're just fighting your earthly villains that can keep pace with you. Like, if you're Thor and they send you down to Earth to fight, or to Asgard, excuse me, to fight the Wrecking Crew, then yeah, maybe you don't need to, to supersize your stats because they're also super powerful. But if they send you down there to stop Bob, Agent of Hydra, then yeah, you can go back up to your full stats because you're just going to flick him with Lightning Bolt. Yeah, yeah, so it's fine. Uh, the manifesto has some good in summation. The manifesto is a land of contrasts. <laughs> uh, then there's a big section about uh, what the like this book opens with an encyclopedia of both superhero game design over the years and also superhero comics over the years. Yeah, it so, gives you a full comic book history, like rundown of, you know. How the entire medium really started out, yeah, the, the evolution, uh, the uh, the ages. It goes over the ages, so you can go through when they start and stop, and so on. The comics code, you, all you that can, shit. You can tell that it has sort of the the authors have sort of a disdain for what you. I think people call the Iron Age or the modern age of comics, oh, yeah. where it's like ah, everything's all bloody and complicated now, and no one's a good guy anymore. So that's why we're making a game with all four color, and the the even the villains don't really kill people. Yeah, the villains are just. You know, they're just stealing 40 around. cakes. 
And every problem can be solved with a, with a judicious application of Hostess fruit pies. Hell yeah, well, they're stealing 40 cake, so why not give them 40 Hostess fruit pies? That's, that's great. That's not terrible at all. Uh, but I, I just I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing. It, it, the game does cover like the the seminal elements of each one of those ages. So it's like talking about how the Bronze Age pretty much kicks off with Dark Knight Returns. Uh, the modern age is kind of nebulous still. I mean, usually a lot of people will point to the creation of image, mm, okay. uh, the split that created all the like this bloods for you. <laughs> Yeah, the book even makes a point to point to, to say like, hey, just because this game's called Silver Age Sentinels doesn't mean you have to set it in the four color Silver Age. That's just our favorite. Yeah, that's just an easy era to play in because the game doesn't get bogged down with uh, moral uprisings and so because that was just a yeah. A if you want to play time. Watchmen, you yeah. can go ahead and play Watchmen, but that's not what this is trying to do. Yeah, this is this is that simpler time when heroes were heroes and there weren't any black ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops, I accidentally we're, called out the problems. Where heroes were heroes, and black ones had black in their names. That's right. They were called things like Black Lightning. <laughs> the Silver what Age. What if I called you Black Aquaman? <laughs> Blackfish. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, yeah, what if we were called Black Aquaman? Maybe they ought to call you Whitefish. Yeah, was, <laughs> a good gag. Uh, okay, the the reason I was calling out that the, uh, the GM should be a fan of the players thing feels like they lose it pretty quickly is because there is an example of play early in the book where the first thing the GM actually does is that roll dice ominously and then not tell anybody what that was for. Oh yeah. It's the rolls dice to keep the players on their toes. Yeah. He's not rolling for anything. He just rolls 2d10 and they're like, what was that? And he's like, never you mind. Oh, don't worry about mm. that. <laughs> I'm like, don't do that shit. That's the, <laughs> if you're on the player's side, you're not going to spend your time making them worried. That's mean. <laughs> If they're going to be in in danger, tell them they're going to be in danger and trust that they'll be good at acting about it. I mean, honestly, if you want to make them slightly nervous, have them make roles for things. Yeah, I don't do it at all. I, I mean, if I you... like to I, I'm a believer of if if you're role playing, you can role play with with secret information and pretend that you still think it's a secret, much like how people in actual fucking plays know the end of the story. Well, yes, but I'm saying you can do things like. All right, if you're in a haunted house or whatever and you want to make it spooky. That's fair. You can be like, all right, well, roll perception. Do you see a thing? That's I mean, you're, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, don't, I don't begrudge people I like people to that. put it in the player's hands that's rather than the GM just fucking with you. No, I get it. I don't begrudge that play style. If you want to play a spooky game and have spooky shit happen and actually surprise people, that's fine. My, my personal play style is to tell people, hey, by the way, this game is spooky. Act like it's spooky and trust that they can. Yeah, but I that, mean, that might just be, uh, maybe other people can't do that. I don't know. I mean, the example in here is someone has a phasing power so they can, like, go through a wall to see if anyone is in the other room. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, wait, shit, no, I don't want to walk in there just in case there's dudes in there. I'll just poke my face through and look. And that's when he rolls dice. And I'm like, yeah, or you could just be like, you poke your head through, roll me perception. And yeah. if they get a decent roll, just be like, yeah, no one's in there. Yeah, that's fair. And no one is actually in there. I'm not lying or whatever. No. Yeah. So, Okay. Uh, let's get down to the, the nitty gritty. It's a, it's a point by game where the the point total that you start with is variable based on the power level that they would like to. 50 is like bare minimum. You are urban street gang kids. Oh, yeah. That's like you are just regular dude. Yeah. You have you play a in fucking red baseball dawn. bat. Yeah. <laughs> Go Wolverines. 250 is golden gods of the uh, of beyond the sky kind of level. Yeah. The average power level for a standard Silver Age four-color game is between 150 and 175 points. Indeed. Uh, those points are used to purchase your stats, uh, powers, uh, characteristics, 
attributes, skills, oh, sorry, skills get their own power uh, uh, pool of points, and uh, they can be modified. You can boost up the number of power points you have via two methods. One of them is to accept defects, which are obviously hindrances that are either tied to your powers or just generic to your character. Mm -hmm. The other is to fill out a questionnaire of information about your character uh, t that which pleases the the uh, GM. Now, yeah, we've seen this before where yeah. games are like, if you actually give a shit about your character and provide the GM with like, here's my background, here are some plot hooks that you could use, whatever, Yeah, maybe you get a couple points. It's fine. I like that. I like it better than the time we saw it last time where it was like, if you write poems about every session, then you get points. I mean, at least <laughs> with this, you're looking at, you know, if I've got a character who's like, I've got 175 points, and you're like... Thank you for writing up a background. Here's three points. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It helps a lot when you're like fi uh, uh, fiddling out the little nitty gritty bits at the end. When you're done, you're like, you're oh, like, oh, geez, oh I, I could get one more rank in this or I could get another skill point if I had a few more points. Oh, my character spent a lot of time in Europe and I would like to have foreign the, the, uh, the foreign culture skill at rank two. I need two extra points. I guess I'll fill out that my character's got a secret identity. And, you know, and at that point, you can also be like, and now I will tell you why I was in, you know, yeah. Europe for backpacking. It was to find myself. And I really <laughs> did. I recommend everyone uh, travel more, if yeah. you could, at all. Every rich person should travel more. You should really get out there and find yourself. Just take a year and wander around. Do it between two uh, two semesters of college. What do you have to lose? <laughs> You should probably pay for that semester of college where you're wandering around, though, too. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, but uh, tri-stat system, just like uh, big eye, small mouth, which means that your stats, uh, your primary statistics, and the word statistics is really important because, or uh, because it's attributes. These are your three attributes. You also have character. Well, these are your three stats. These are stats. Attributes are part of the characteristics part of powers. Yes. There we go. Powers have ranks. Characteristics have attributes. Stats are stats. Math is math. <laughs> No, attributes are both characteristics and powers. Okay. Uh, so the three stats are body, mind, and soul. They range from 1 to 20, with 10 being kind of the usual expected high end for even Earth heroes, and 4 being an average hero, or average person. An average human being will have a 4. Yes, in each one of the three. And uh, you, they're like, you know, you. it's not expensive. It's two points per thing. And when you've got 150 or 175, you're like, well, why am I not just buying all of my stats up to like 15 or 20? Now, did you, when you were building your character, which you, people can find out about at patreon.com slash system mastery at the $1 level. Wait a minute, patreon.com slash system mastery at the $1 level? That's what I said, patreon.com slash system mastery at the $1 level. And I'm done with that joke now, so please don't turn the episode off. Uh, <laughs> please don't turn the episode off to go to patreon.com slash system mastery. No, there's still more show. <laughs> Did you start with one and everything or zero and everything when you started buying your ranks? Zero. That's what I did, too. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought I had that right. Okay. Because they say you have to purchase at least a point in everything, so you yeah. have to spend at least six character points to get a one in all of your stats. Yes. Uh, once you're done purchasing your stats, uh, you... And again... Human average four, no big deal to start a character with straight tens. It's, uh, it's not It's not going to cost you that many of your points. But uh, it doesn't recommend you do that because that's not really very interesting to just be like, my character is the pinnacle of godlike perfection on Earth, and so is every other character in the party. Yeah, the, the system for the game being a 2d10 roll under. Yes. Uh, most of the time, you're trying to roll under your stat mm -hmm. uh, or your stat plus, plus. skill skill or whatever you're doing yes uh now when you look at that and you think 
oh, wait a minute. Well, why wouldn't I just buy all my stats up to like 20 and a, call it a day? A 19 because 20 automatically fails regardless. That's, yeah, you buy them all up to 19 for what is that? Like, I, I'm not going to work out the calculation of 19 times 3. It's about uh, 19 times 2 times 3. 140 ish. 100, yeah. So, oh, yeah, it's about 114. You're right. So, if you have 175 points, it's enough to still get a few powers and stuff. Yeah, you're like, but you'll you? never fail anything. I will never fail a roll, and I have some superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other side of it, I like that they have a sidebar where they're like, wait a minute. This means my normal human character literally fails at everything. I have to roll a four or under. On 2d10, yeah. A normal human just walks around tripping on their own face all the time. And they're like, no, because the average range in this game is is keyed to superheroes. So if you're playing as an, or, an ordinary human, then shit you're doing is fucking easy because you're not doing superhero shit. So if you're like, well, I need to... I drive to work. How do I not cry crash my car? And they're like, driving to work is ridiculously easy you have a plus 10 to the roll and why are you shit? rolling anyway it's not an interesting roll to make it doesn't have an interesting outcome so so uh don't even roll for that but if you're like oh i need to jump a two-foot chasm then yeah fine roll but you have like plus 10 and yeah you're gonna make it it's fine it's it's the kind of thing where i appreciate that sidebar because without it it is the sort of game where i would in the review go okay but if i'm a regular guy yeah. this is shit <laughs> Well, the game is very variable. Uh, uh, not, not, this, it's very variable. It was very variable, yes. But it's what I mainly mean to say is it's full of sliders. Yes. Um, sliders. It's full of sliders, which means which is why John likes it so goddamn much. Oh, yeah. He loves tiny hamburgers. <laughs> I love uh, Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> Big Jerry O'Connell, man. <laughs> now name uh, anyone other than Jonathan Reese davies who was Damn also it. on that show. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh rembrandt brown <laughs> fair okay so where, where anyway, was i yeah so go ahead the the whole thing with that sidebar and everything is that they also give you tools if you want to go all right it would be a little annoying to constantly be like every single time i want to do something if we're playing a low-powered game i have to keep saying like all right this is plus eight and this is plus eight and this is plus six yeah they have the option for if you want to scale the power level down. If you're like, all right, we're playing real street level heroes. We're yeah. just, you know, regular people with baseball bats and roller skates or whatever. BMX Bandit and Night Thrasher. Yeah. You're running around on your cool skateboard doing sick kickflips. Yeah. Then maybe roll like 2D6 instead of 2D10. Now, I'm not a fan of that. And I can tell you why. But uh, you could also do the, the opposite of what we were talking about earlier with the stat having if you're playing as gods, the stat doubling, where you're like, well, I don't want to constantly make everything super easy to roll. So if your character has fours and everything, now you have eights and everything, and it's a little better. Yeah, they offer a lot of options for if you're not playing at the base assumed level that this game is at, mm -hmm. here are some sliders to help you. Now, the idea of changing dice size to represent power level differences between characters, like if you're super powerful, just give your character D6s uh, instead of D10s, because that, that makes it much more likely that they'll roll under target difficulties all the time. Uh, but they don't mention the crit fail, crit success system that's in this game. It's not really crit. It's auto fail, auto success. Yes. Uh, it, but w which is at rolling two or max value on the die. So 
if you uh, if you're playing on D10s, you have a one in one hundred chance to auto fail and a one in one hundred chance to auto succeed. If you're playing with D6s because you're a golden god or whatever, now you have a one well, in thirty. D6s would be if you suck. Oh no, because it's a roll because under. Exactly, your stats are lower. Uh, oh yeah, I guess that's because I, 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 the dice are the variable part. So two D six would be like okay, I'm rolling two D six now instead and, of rolling between two and twenty, I'm rolling between two and twelve. Uh, yeah, because my stats are lower because I'm worse. Yeah, okay, fair, but still, it it messes with the crit range. Yes, it just means that now your chance to auto fail is much higher as one in thirty six as opposed to one in a hundred. Yeah, and the same thing is your auto succeed. It changes that window, but honestly, you can really get rid of the auto succeed auto fail on this. It yeah. doesn't. It's thankfully, I mean. Points in the game's defense. It's not one of those goofy things. It's no, just, it's it, not a crit system. It literally is just, yeah. you know, you failed, but it still might just be like, uh, you marginally failed. It's not like if you roll a, uh, like, 100 on your 2d10 that all of a sudden you're like, well, now you your head explodes and your pants shit themselves. You're like, no, it's just you marginally failed. Yeah. But let's say your character has, like, an eight in their body and they have a three in acrobatics and they want to do a cool flip uh john walk us through it walk us through doing a cool flip how do you do a cool flip john all right so first you're going to want to take years and years of acrobatics training <laughs> well you already have three you have you have three ranks now in johnny loved the circus <laughs> god damn it <laughs> all right so if you've got say a uh stat skill and you're at an 11 yeah uh then at that point the GM is going to decide, all right, is what you are doing simple or difficult? Because if it's just like, I want to do a cool flip, like, you're a fucking acrobat, that's easy as shit. Yeah. I probably shouldn't make you roll, but honestly, at this point, you've got like a plus eight. All right, you want to do a cool flip and also a bunch of clowns are throwing knives at you. Like, yeah, that's if you're like, yeah. I want to do a cool flip off a building onto like a escape ladder or some shit. Yeah. You're like, all right, fine. We'll make this, if it's a base assumed difficulty level where it's plus zero minus zero you're just doing a straight roll mm -hmm. you take your stat you take your skill you, you take, take them all and then you have <laughs> the facts of life ah <sighs> so salty <laughs> you take that i mean granted that was very predictable yes you got to give me that one uh you roll 2d10 and if you get the number or less mm -hmm. then you succeed yeah so with the uh bell curve being mostly 11 uh, is the highest percent, a 10% uh, chance to roll 11. Yeah. Uh, as long as you manage to hit that 11 sweet spot, you'll usually succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything higher than that, and you start getting to the point where you're like, oh, I'm only really challenged if I'm doing ridiculously stupid shit. Yes. All right, so that's the basic mechanic of how things happen in-game. Yes. Uh, now let's talk about the tools with which your character will interact with the world. There are a couple of important derived stats. Uh, the first one is called your combat value. Yeah, you have your attack and your defense combat values. Yeah, the ACV and the DCV. Your ACV is calculated by averaging your, your, your three stats. Yep. And your DCV is the average of your three stats rounded down minus two. Yeah, you just take your ACV and minus subtract two. two. Yeah. And th those are the base values you need to roll to do stuff in combat. Yeah, so... Uh, your ACV, rather than worrying about what your actual, like, body stat is or mm -hmm. anything, you just take your attack value, that's what you're trying to roll equal to or under. Yeah. Uh, you can have, uh, things like, oh, I've got ranged attack or melee attack, uh, skills, and that can add to that attack combat value. Yeah. 
Uh, same thing with defense. If you want to defend against an attack, you roll your defense value and you can add, you know, I've got dodge or it's technically just defense yeah. skill. Mm -hmm. And uh, they do give you a slightly better uh, value if you're doing one type than another. Because they're like, oh, if you try and block... Like, if you're using a shield, you get a bonus to your defense. Yeah, they do the thing where they split up blocks, parries, dodges. Yeah, because they're like, oh, if you're trying to dodge or parry something, that's going to be a lot harder than just trying to get something in the way of it. Yeah. So they're like, okay, uh, but a shield, if someone blasts you with, like, a super missile, could explode. Yeah. So they're like, uh, it's easier to do, but, you know, there's more of a chance that you could get, you know knocked back even if it absorbs the damage or whatever because this game has knockback a well, lot of knockback is important to this thing because or you could just turn it off it's one of the two biggest variable keys oh yeah it's weird because uh knockback is in so much stuff yes like whether it's part of the like draw of some powers or a, a penalty to other things and then you can just not do it <laughs> you just not take it but luckily, it does point out anytime there's knockback mentioned, it's like, by the way, if the game isn't using this, then it just don't take this. It doesn't matter. Yeah, especially because the game is not, it's not like it's a grid game or anything. So knockback is very narrative flowy. There's not really a lot of ex explanation of what you're supposed to do with it. You're like, ah, you not you got knocked three meters back. What does that mean? Well, um, I mean, if you hit a wall or something, there's like yeah, damage there's, calculations. There's, there's rules for whatever. getting knocked into stuff. But there isn't rules for like you lose your next attack because you got knocked. You know that it's 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 a it's a, a sort of halfway there stat. The other one that's the biggest possible like variable chunk of the game is power points. Yeah, you can have energy, energy, and and uh, it's calculated the same way you calculate health. Health is body plus soul times five. Energy points is mind plus soul times five. Uh, and if you have energy points, then now all of your powers cost points to use. You have to you have to spend them like you have ISP or something. Or yeah. Uh, so, you know, you either it's you have to spend them for everything or you can have a thing where it's like, oh, this costs points if I want to do it because it's a like that's a drawback for it. So if you're like, yeah, I have, uh, you know, super strength, which is always on. It doesn't cost points, but my heat vision drains me of energy. So the more I use it, the more I use my points. Yes. So you could do that if you want it. Yeah. So you can use that to recreate uh, either to uh, reduce the power level of your game overall by like. Ins ensuring that characters can't just fire lasers out of their eyes all day long. There are certain, I guess, genre convention characters where that would make sense to have PowerPoint. Like Spawn, I think, would probably be... Yeah, I mean, you not, have Not that it ever like, comes up in his fucking comics. Oh, yeah. No, the there are a lot of people... You could say, you know, Cyclops, and even Superman has had in the comics things where it's like, oh, if I use my power too much, I do get weak and drained. Yeah. But... Cyclops does that? Yeah. Powered by the sun, baby! Well, doesn't that mean he could power himself all the way down and then go live a normal life for a while? Uh, like that at was, nighttime? I mean, that was one of the things with the Morlock uh, actual storyline of being oh. like, oh, you're underground, you haven't been like powered by the sun, you can take your glasses off and be a regular dude down here say, I feel like with that... all of us weird people. <laughs> I feel like the whole thing with Cyclops is he's always like, people can't actually look at my eyes because I would shoot them with super lasers. I am a cursed man. I'm like, well, fuck, just open your eyes for a long time every morning. Just just keep them open in your shower. Just beam the shower for a while. Just and... have a red quartz shower. Yeah, and then fucking put on some, some sunscreen and go on a date. <laughs> nope. 
that's not how if, it works. I wonder if Rogue has the same restriction. Could she just like touch like a like a, a bunch of pigs and steal all their pig powers? Yeah, I'm just gonna murder pigs I'm all murder, day. I'm gonna murder at least fifteen pigs. And then I ran out oh, of murder worry. power. Don't worry, we eat the pigs. It's just oh. I, I just take a morning shift at a slaughterhouse, and then I can have sex with Gambit. But also, I do believe that I am a pig for most of the day. <laughs> I have the strength of 75 pigs. <laughs> I do kind of want to just eat slop and shit on my own balls. <laughs> but you don't even have balls. Oh, I grew balls as a result of oh, touching you, so you many pigs. You don't understand. This is my powers. <laughs> Uh, I would love to see that. Roke works in the slaughterhouse to kill her drain power, and then she goes to have a date with with Gambit. It doesn't work because she's way too piggish. Yeah, she just sits there snarfing up whatever's in there, <laughs> takes a dump, and then falls asleep in it. Mon cher, I do not find this romantique. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you will later when she's uh when when she's getting busy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's gonna be like an animal in bed. Hey now. <laughs> Anyway, to get back to the point of the game, let's talk about power construction, because that's kind of like the biggest meat and potatoes. Yeah, so after you've used uh, whatever... Long episode, okay. Now, after you've, you've used whatever points you want for your stats, then you get to move on to powers, and every power has so many levers on it, because uh, not only is there, in the power, it might be like, oh, this is either three points per level or six points per level, depending on if you want it to be able to do certain things, like it has a restriction baked into it. Yeah. But then a lot of powers will also have, all right, and then you can decide, uh, you can pay extra points if you want it to be able to do this. You can have it be cheaper if you want it to be restricted by this way. Yes. There's there's two kinds of point cost redu- reducers. One of them is restrictions, which is where like the power does less of its thing. Yes. It generates less shield. It does less or damage. Or only in certain, you know, environments yeah. or to oh, certain that's, targets. That is the other one. Yeah. Restrictions is straight up numerical drops. The other one is reductions. And, or sorry, reductions is the one. Restrictions. That's, restrictions is the, you, yeah, I'm sorry, I had that backwards. Reductions is when it just does less than it says it does on the 10. Like if you, oh, I took force fields, but I reducted it. So it does less force field per rank. But the other one is restrictions, which is like, I can only create my force field if wood is attacking me. The, the, I've got a wood force field. Yeah. So there's two kinds of. Uh, Some kind of leaf shield, you might say. <laughs> one might say. <laughs> so there are all these different ways. Most powers have variable costs. So you can have things like, uh, for example, if you have uh, damage absorption, which is a power where if you get hit with a beam, you can absorb that that energy from the damage you took and then channel it into other things. You can, it's like the bishop power, where you get hit with, with lasers and you turn it into his plasma blasts. Yeah. Uh, but it, there's two variable costs. One of them is uh, you only can uh, regen- or get power from this from real damage that you actually take to your body. So, for example, if you're wearing body armor and you get hit, then you can't use this, this yeah, power. Yeah, if to... you get shot for 60, but you have 60 points of armor, you don't get anything. The other version, more expensive, is any damage you take for any reason uh, translates into your converting power system. Yeah, so, so it there's... would count that 60 points even though you didn't lose any health yeah. as damage for your power. So almost every power has two variable starting costs based on those kind of power gaps. Now, in addition to that, uh, a lot of powers, not all of them, but a lot of them, have power modifier values that you can take Mm -hmm. that let you change the way that it works. Baseline, usually for anything that allows you to use a power modifier value or PMV, Mm -hmm. uh, normally it's just, this works on me and only me, and that's the only way that this works. Yes. Uh, But with a PMV, you can do things like, 
I can increase the area that this affects, or the duration that it lasts, or how many people it hits, or the range that I can use it at. Yes. And so it goes up, but man, the the PMVs and also the list for how like more powerful a lot of powers get as you go up in levels sometimes it's real linear it's like yeah. level one you get plus 10 level 10 you get plus 100 it's 10 per level who gives a shit yeah it's pretty obvious so, you know, extra attacks costs uh, each rank is one more attack sometimes but, though it's one of three <laughs> logarithmic progressions oh yeah i mean even the power modifiers like all right uh i have a range of one i can use this at 10 meters mm -hmm. all right what if i have a range of eight you can use this at a hundred thousand kilometers yeah all the, uh, right <laughs> the list of example for the logarithms is animal control and it's like hey if you have rank one animal control as a power you can control one animal you can make one animal do a thing this is the medium logarithmic progression chart so if you have it at rank 10 you can control fifty thousand animals <laughs> yeah the each chart is essentially the how much does it go up each level? So yeah. the slow chart is double every level, yeah. essentially. Uh, medium chart is multiply by five every level. Mm -hmm. And the fast one is multiply by ten every level, such that you end up getting to, like, level seven. One million! Like, yeah. All right, well... If you if you had fast logarithmic prog or fast progression animal control, at rank ten you would be able to control one billion animals. That's right. One billion human animals. <laughs> I killed 11 billion humans today. In human terms, they're dead. <laughs> Sorry, I watched Pass-Through recently. <laughs> Neil Breen's Pass-Through. Oh, Neil Breen's Pass-Through. Uh, okay, so this can get a little complicated because not only is there a logarithmic progression rank chart for that moves at three different speed, four different speeds if you count linear, but also some powers will say like, oh, well, technically you take this power at rank one and you get rank three for the value of it. So, like, flight works like that. If you purchase one rank of flight, you get it at rank three. Yeah, there's there's a lot of weird shit in this. I mean, it's one of the games that when you are making a character, mm -hmm. boy, you got to sit down and work out some math. There's a lot of work you got to do. Like, I, I'm pretty sure now I'm remembering that in our Patreon character, I might have forgotten to set my PMV to increase the range of my blast. Yeah, well, there might you be, go. It might be a melee strike right now. I might need to go in and add a range to it. <laughs> I mean, I think base range is at, I think zero is touch, so yeah. Yeah, I'll probably have to go in and throw a range on that. That's not that big of a deal. I can get that done pretty quick between episodes. Anywho, uh, okay. So, yeah, there's there's these linear and, and, and uh, variable progressions. There's also all the restrictions and so on. And then several powers are also very uh, uh, structurally rebuildable with a bunch of different like rank op options. So, for example, Special Blast is like five pages of details. Well, yeah, because Special Attack is the power in the game that is, like we said, this is your heat vision, it's your cold breath, it's mm -hmm. your omni beam, it's, you know, a lightsaber, whatever cool attack you do. Yeah. Regardless of what it is, it is just a special attack and you build it to be whatever it is. Now, the way it works is for each rank you purchase in the power, you get 20 damage of something you get 20 damage you get 20 damage so if you buy a rank 5 power and you don't do anything else to it it does 100 damage uh 
at max. There's a the way this, the game's damage works is you roll a d10 and then compare it against a chart to see if you do 25, 50, 75, or 100 percent of the damage you think you're going to do. Yeah, because instead of rolling damage, they have you roll a number to do percentage damage. Yeah, you still roll damage. It's just that it generates percentages. Uh, so when you purchase a rank five, you start by saying my my I have a attack of some kind that does 100 damage. I would like that attack to be a spread fire attack. Okay, well. Go look at the list of, of all the different ways you can modify the power. So here's spread fire. It hits every target in a cone. Yeah, it costs like, great. It, I'm pyro. I want to do a, a cone of fire. It costs two ranks. Okay, now you have it rank three. It does 60 damage, but it hits everybody in a big cone. Yeah. Uh, well, what if I voluntarily made it so in order to fire my pow- my fire power, I had to have some fire? Well, that's a restriction. You're going you're gonna to get a couple of uh, bonus points off per rank that you purchase because... Uh, that's an elemental restriction. But what if instead of that, you wanted to have it so you can shoot fire at people, but it doesn't do any damage? Yeah, I shoot flames out and the fire hits you, but nothing happens. Yes. Well, then you took the no damage hindrance. That's worth plus one rank. So now you're at rank four. It does 80 damage. It does, does 80, 80 no damage. 80 no damage, but, but in a big cone. <laughs> but it's important to know how much damage it would do because there are other things where it's like, Ah, this is the kind of uh, effect where it either, like, it can drain one of your stats or it can entangle you. So you might be like, I do a cone attack that does no damage, but it has a base 80 because for my entangling, I'm basically just shooting vines out. Yeah. So I'm not damaging anyone, but in this cone... I'm going to entangle people, and I need to know the damage it would have done because that's the strength of the entanglement. Yes. So if you wanted to get out of it, then you'd have to... The role for that would be based on how much damage it would have done if I didn't have no damage. Yeah. So uh, you have to keep track of your damage even if you do no damage. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, uh, there's so many... You can make it a homing attack. You can make it so that you have to drop your force field to fire it. Yeah, you can make it so that it's it does like a super amount of knockback if mm-hmm. you are using that. Uh, you could make it so that it just like it's irritating so that you impose a penalty on anyone who's hit. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I do like I have an itching powder grenade yeah. would be a special attack you could do. So now I have a couple of types of problems I look for when I encounter these sort of super granular power creation systems. And uh, I have four of them. There, there, are, there are four mistakes that I look for on the on the regular basis. In this game, I found three of the four mistakes mm-hmm. scattered around throughout the various things. Uh, one of them is powers that are overcomplicated because of game design rules that really should just be simplified. So, for example, one of the powers you can take is creation, where you just make stuff. You just whatever you want. You just create it out of thin air, and it exists now. Yeah, I mean, it, this is good for your ice mans yeah. or whatever who's like, oh, I just create ice. And it can be fairly complicated. It's got variable cost rankings, just like everything else. So if you take it at the the uh, three points per rank level and you buy you you add on some additional PMV stuff, you can make like a city bus that's driving around town. You can do that. That's the thing. It's not that expensive. Um, it's just you know because it makes sense because there are characters who do that sort of thing who call stuff into existence and it drives around. Yeah, and it drives around. Uh, yeah, it, it just does that. There's so many characters that make things, and they drive around. <laughs> illusion. Illusion costs more per rank than creation, even at the lowest level of illusion and the highest level of creation. Yeah, it's a... Illusion's weird, because that's also a power that has a bunch of pages, and you're like, you only have a bunch of pages, because you're telling me why this doesn't work. Yep. it's it will, Illusion is always one of the first things I look to in these systems, because it's always over-designed. 
Uh, they don't just make it like, oh, you create an illusion and it works because that's how illusionists and comic books tend to be. No one's ever like, I choose to disbelieve that bus. Uh, I guess I got to like, make, make a mind check or whatever. But in this case, it's like illusion is like a page and a half of just the various ways it could fail. And it literally ends in a sentence. It's just like, oh, and by the way, the GM might just choose to let anyone make any stat check to disbelieve the effect. And then it doesn't do anything at all. Yeah, if appropriate, you could just make a body or a mind check to see through it. And you have to, there's two PMV ranks you have to pay for. One of them is how big of an illusion you can create. And then the other one is how big of an area the illusion can operate in independently. Well, yeah, because you also have to pay for, like, does it affect more than one sense? Is this just a visual illusion or can it, you know, make noise? Meanwhile, you could just take creation and make a fucking city bus and it would drive around town on its own without having to pay for how big of a town it can drive around in. Yeah, but maybe. I could, you know, I can't create a dragon, but I could create an illusionary okay. dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm, t- oh, and also illusions simply cannot do any damage. Yeah. Um, so you get that, this sense that like they cost illusion a little higher because someone thought those illusions are very powerful. And then they didn't take into account that there's another power where you can just actually make stuff and it's cheaper and better. Um, but anyway, to move on to another one that I always find, it's powers where the first rank is absolutely useless. You are fucking up if you take it. Oh, if you took just level one of the power, yes. Yes. Like, normally you think, okay, well, I'm going to take a level one blast. It only does 20 damage, but that's enough to, like, I don't know. Stop goons. Like, if henchmen are coming at me, be like, oh, I fire my my AOE, my, my point blank AOE that takes out goons, a flash of light, and they all fall down. Yeah, I mean, the average human has 40 hit points. Yes. So having a blast that does 20 is basically a... I'm giving a warning shot to a dude where I'm like, I've just knocked you to half health. Maybe cut this shit. Yeah. Also, there's a sidebar towards the back that's like, hey, goons don't need to take three or four hits to kill all the time. You should probably give most goons two or three ranks of the not so tough uh, defect so that they they have even less health. Just be like, this dude runs up to you. He's got fucking 20 hit points. You blast him. He falls down. Yeah. So that's it still does something. But let's look at mass decrease. Mass decrease is the power that's supposed to make you both lighter for some reason, and also it's the phasing power. It's yeah, the pa- it's the intangibility. It's power. the intangibility power at rank two, not rank one. Rank two. They don't have a stat for what rank one does. You can phase through cloth and thin paper. Thin paper. Thin paper. Notice. No. Yeah. Not card. Not cardstock. Thin paper. Oh like yeah. Printer no. paper. You're not going to be able to go through someone's like sliding paper door yeah you can't get through a, a like a like a japanese design a, a, an old japanese house door nope you got it, it's thin paper rank one doesn't even do that rank one apparently just makes you kind of lighter you're like <laughs> oh yeah in case i wanted to i guess cheat and get into a lower weight class for my division like i, I mean it's just one of those things where you're like why would you do that why wouldn't you just say that phasing it's slower to go through things when you're phasing with lower power ranks or something instead of literally making it worthless unless you buy x rank oh yeah i mean honestly it doesn't even begin to matter until you get to like rank five or six where it starts letting you do things like wood and thin you can metal. move through like concrete or whatever yeah exactly we can start getting through walls and doors that's the only thing you really want it for no one wants to face through paper yeah no one's like ooh, i can reach through someone's i don't know held up single page notebook paper <laughs> wow what an amazing power you have so that's that's one of my other fail states i look for the only one i, I didn't find in here is a power that gets worse the more ranks you put into it oh no that one's a little hard to find but it shows up sometimes the uh one of the big ones in here that I immediately went to to see if it was abusable because this was a thing in Big Eye's Small Mouth with the mecha thing. Yeah, where yeah. You're like points that get you more points. Yeah, I spend 10 points and get 50 points worth of mecha, and then uh-huh. I spend those 50 points on 100 points worth of mecha. So 
they do have alternate form or duplicate as powers where you can spend points to get more points. Yeah. But it caps at level 10 for everything, and that means the most you can spend is, like, you can get 100 points out of it. Mm -hmm. But usually that means I'm going to crap out a guy that's worse than I am, and sure, that guy can then put 100 points, like, his 100 points into getting another guy, but it's still going to be limited by 100 points, so you're just going to crap out progressively shittier dudes. Yeah, they they seem to have learned a few lessons between the version of the, the edition of Big Eye Small Mouth that we reviewed a long ass time ago and now. Not all the lessons, because the one big thing I remember about Big Eye Small Mouth was that defense was entirely located on the defender and had nothing to do with the incoming attack. Yes, indeed. Still which, that way. Still that way, which means if you stack defense to the heavens, it doesn't matter what you get shot with. You just are only going to auto-fail on the auto-fail roll. Oh, yeah. They, and I mean, one of the powers you can get, one of the attributes is just enhanced defense combat value. Yep. It's super cheap, and you can just be like, great, I pump it up to 20, literally, unless this person rolls a two to hit me and gets their auto succeed i just auto defend unless i roll a 20 yeah so there's you know two different one in a hundred chances that have to happen for me to get hit yeah which is definitely a bit of a problem that still exists here in this game so that's another lesson still not learned from the last one but don't worry if you do that you're a bad munchkiner that's you that's that's a player that's problem. you that's on you that's not the game the game's perfect i mean don't question the game Although I do got to say, looking at their NPCs, like all of them have a defense combat value of like 16. Yeah. They and I'm just looking at it going, this is so boring. How would you even fight? Why would you do that? Why would you be? It's like they designed their own system, realized they made a fuck up. And rather than go back and fix it, they were just like, well, we'll just make us all the NPCs and take advantage of it. Yeah. So that way, when you go to fight like the Iron Duke in this game, you don't have to be like, oh, well, I just beat the shit out of him because he didn't take advantage of the fact that you could have ridiculous defense You're like no he does yeah there are a few other things i found here and there in the powers where they forget to explain something that feels like it's really obvious uh henchman is one of the you can just take a lot of mooks you can be like i got oh yeah you got a shitload of dudes and it's on a logarithmic progression so if you're like i have ranked 10 uh mooks i have five thousand henchmen yeah. five five thousand hey, but five thousand henchmen they are fanatically loyal and they will fight for you but you can buy them at different ranks if you buy them at one point per they won't fight they're just like you have employees but if you buy them at two points per rank, then they will fight for you. They're just not very powerful. They're just regular people. There's no rule for what happens if they die or how to replenish them or how you you take care of them or anything like that. Oh, no. You just have 5,000 guys. And if they die, I don't know if you have, like, less guys now. I don't no, know you the just rule. get some more guys later. They, they just show up later. There's nothing for it. It's I mean, the sidekick power is, like, there's two different point values based on can you just replace this sidekick. Yeah. So if it's, like... I have a I have a sidekick who comes with me and does stuff, but if they die, I can just pick up a Tim Drake next week. <laughs> I do like that they have the hyperflight power in this. Oh, that was kind of neat too, yeah. Which is the if you want to play a cosmic game, you can get hyperflight, which is flight that at level 1 starts at uh like the speed of light. Yeah. And at level 10 is 1 billion times the speed of light. Well, that's because even at a billion times the speed of light, it would take you forever to get to anywhere interesting. Not really. Not at a billion times the speed of light. <laughs> well, uh, we can look up how far away like a nearby galaxy is, for example, and you'll find you'll still be flying between them for a year and a half. <laughs> well, if I was going to another galaxy, I'm just talking about going to other places. Yeah. Other Local solar system, you'll still be flying around for weeks at a time, but at least you'll get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So that's neat. 
There's some, I like that yeah. too. I'm not. I mean, granted, if you're playing in a cosmic scale game, I feel like it's not really fair to force you to pay points to be able to fly to the nearby cosmic scale thing. Well, but, I mean, you know, at that point, you, you could do? just be like, whatever. I have a spaceship yeah. that does it instead Ex- of me. Exactly. Because what, what the problem is, it repl- flight is different than uh, than hyperflight. Hyper yeah, and Hi- they say you have to be able to get out of the atmosphere in order to use hyperflight. You can't just one billion times the speed of light fly around the planet. Yeah, it is literally only for space travel. Yeah, I mean, the, the the thing that makes it different for me is that flight is a combat mechanic that has value outside of travel. Hyperflight is specifically like, I would like to be able to travel around the cosmos. Oh, yeah. Flight's like, oh, well, I can fly when I'm fighting. I can get above people. I can t- I can force the high ground. I can, and if I- I'm flying at certain speeds, then they have penalties to hit me because I'm going fast enough. Yeah, where if you were, if you were to offer me flight and say, oh, the only possible value of flight is that you can use it like a free airliner. I'd be like, I'm not going to spend the points because if you want me well, to be I mean, in Cairo, that is one of the things you can get in flight is the restriction of runway. This works like actual flight, yes. In that you have to have room to take off and land. And when I first read that, and I would even, it's even in my notes of like because I hadn't co- quite put together how the game worked yet. When I went my notes, I was like, oh, that's a great visual. A person who has to like run with their arms outstretched until they take off. But then I was like, it's because you could just build your character as an airplane. Yeah, you could build your character as like, what is this? Oh, I'm. Some airplane. I'm fucking sky captain, and the, one of my powers is flight. Yeah, I have and an item of power. I have an item of power, which is one of the the uh, the three or four powers that is like you have a thing because there's also gadget and and uh, yeah. magic item, a few others like that. Uh, if you take an item of power and build your fucking P fifty one, and you're sky captain, and then yeah, his plane re- probably requires. I, I don't know if his airplane requires a runway or not. Sure, it does. <laughs> I think we see him use it with a runway most of the time. Yeah. But he can also take off with it from the water, which is very... That would be like taking off with no runway at all. No, man. He's got the runway. The runway is water. That doesn't work. That would not... That would Hey, the runway is water. You know what? It's fine because it's a Supers game. Exactly. There you go. I'm all right with it again. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We kind of already went over skills and what they do and their point costs. The only only ones that are mechanically advantageous that like actually give you contributions to combat cost within the 7 to 12 range per rank. Well, yeah. What I was going to say is you get 30 points, though. Yes. And that sucks. That said, one of the powers you can purchase, technically one of the characteristics you can purchase, because there's a difference between the two, is highly skilled which is just 10 points per rank and it's like one point per per rank of that oh yeah it's so, super cheap so and you're you like want, why not yeah if you're like i have three points left over i might as well buy 30 skill points yeah whatever you have left over may as well go into skill points because it's like man a one for 10 on my skills that's great so the question becomes can you build just about any major hero you can think of with this engine and pretty the answer is pretty much yes it takes a lot of work to do it but you can definitely build your gambit wolverine the uh, all the all the most famous heroes of all time, you know, like Psylocke. You know, uh, all the most famous ones. Uh, just this, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to broaden. I'm going to say all the biggest heroes: the Angel, uh, Beast, of course, uh, oh, Night yeah. Night Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah, all the big ones. All the big ones. All Callisto. The big, all the big DC heroes. You know, like uh, like Sunfire and uh, the Silver Samurai. Banshee. Banshee. A siren. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Beak. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Angel two, the one that's got. Bug wings. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's the one that's married to, be- to a beak. Yeah. And they have a lot of creepy babies. They got, ooh, ooh, creepy babies. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, you can pretty much make whatever hero you want with the game. There is a defect system. It's weirdly low on t- in terms of what it hands out to you, because it isn't done by per rank, it, with some, with, with, except for some certain exceptions. 
So if you're like, oh, my character, when he fires his be- his psychic blast, it's extremely obvious and everyone can tell he did it. Great, you get two build points back. Doesn't yeah. matter what rank the power is, you get two build points back. Oh, yeah. The best one of those, of course, is maximum power, which is you cannot fire your beam at, at anything but the, the highest level it can be shot at. And that one is variable per rank, which is a great deal. Hmm, hmm, <laughs> You're just like, I, uh, I have psychic blast and I absolutely cannot fire at anything less than incapacitatingly huge. And it's cheaper because of that. Yep. Yay. Yay. And then, uh, I, I don't know, I, I guess we I already mean, talked a little bit about how combat works, but largely just in, in terms of pointing out that it's uh, very much like I roll I, I, and I hit or I don't. And then I look to you and you either defend or you don't. It has nothing to do with the value I just told you. Oh, yeah. And Which bothers me. Uh, we had kind of mentioned it. There's armor. Armor is usually just a static value that deducts from whatever incoming damage is. Mm-hmm. So if I have an armor of, like we said, 60 and you do... 60 points, nothing happens. If you do 80, I'll take 20. Is armor breakage a thing? You better believe it, but sometimes it, it is and sometimes it isn't. It's an optional rule. And then within the, within your powers, it can well, also, it also be... also depends in- if that armor is armor or if that armor is just Skin. invulnerability. Yes. And so you can make... Would you, you can not only have, oh, armor breakage is a thing in my game versus armor breakage isn't, but you can even have a thing where armor breakage is a thing in this character, but not otherwise in the game. Yeah. There's all so much variability. Yeah. Uh... Oh, one of the things to mention yeah. was uh, one of the things you brought up the other day. So when they have the whole like, oh, you've got your stats and, uh, you know, maybe don't put a ton of points into them. Mm-hmm. There is a power that is increase your stats. Oh, yeah, that was so weird, that right? Yeah, yeah. Instead of just increasing them like I'm baseline this, there is this belongs to a power so that you can do things like, all right. Uh, I'm, you know, say Bruce Banner, I normally walk around with like a body of three or something, but then I turn into a body of 15 or 16 when I turn into the Hulk. Even if you set aside that Bruce Banner, you know, you're not going to go into combat as Bruce Banner, you're going to go into combat as the Hulk, you can still play from the value of when the Hulk, the matter he gets, the stronger he gets. So when, when, uh, he takes damage or something, you can, you can have a power that increases his strength, the more damage he takes or the angrier he gets. But uh, to do that, when you when you have power uh, or when you have stats that increase, not as a function of your character's physical strength, but because of weird side effects like, you know, supernatural or mutating things happen to you. And now you're stronger for a little while. There's a power for that. Yeah. So I'm saying, yeah, I know um, I, I, I didn't mean to steal it from you. And now I'm being quiet so you can have it back. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Uh, and sometimes and it doesn't have to be a Hulk thing. Mm-hmm. It could just be like, oh, I was a regular human and then I got blasted by, you know, radiation, and now I'm super badass. Yeah. And you could just say, yeah, I'm always at a 15 strength or 15 body, uh, but it is like a 4 slash 15, because if someone has the nullify power ability, they can take that away from me. Whereas if I had just bought 15 body, no one can take that away from so me. So here's the question. Between purchasing your stats as stats and purchasing your stats as powers... Where you say, "Oh, I I I spent X points and I have a, a body of fifteen, so I'm I'm big and strong, and it's always on because that's just my stat." Versus, I purchased a body of four and then I bought eleven points of body increase the power. Mm-hmm. What's the price difference? Uh, none. There's none. They're the same price. So it's really just there so you can create interesting characters. It's just there for flavor. For flavor, even though it's directly detrimental to choose the second option because people can take it away from you with the nullify power yeah now you know if you're playing in a game 
your GM might be like, yeah, no, nobody is allowed to have higher than like a nine in anything unless it's a superpower. Yeah, and that's fair. That's that's a great way to get around the the uh, explanation for why that power's in there. Yeah, it's a it's a good way in case they're like, no, we want you all to be, you know, super powered and have all the, you know, benefits and penalties that come with that. Yeah. Now, granted, I mean, I used that one when I was building my character. Uh, and so my character has a thing where the more damage he takes, uh, he, he gets extra, uh, like, d- uh, extra attacks. But you could take it so, like, for every every damage he takes, he gets strength points. And because you can't use it to purchase character, like, stat value, you could use it to purchase extra strength or extra body. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one way it could it, it could be useful. Sure, that could be nullified, but that actually makes some logistical sense. Like your superpower is that when you get damaged, you get stronger. And, if and there is, is a difference between extra body and super strength, which yes. is its own power. It's a whole extra power. It's mostly super strength controls uh, extra bonus damage for uh, things that are muscle powered. Yeah, it's which mostly is wh- just damage, knockback, and lifting capability. Yes. And Whereas body is just you're able to do stuff. And one of the one of the uh, modifiers you can purchase for special attack is muscle powered, which is if you have super strength or super high body, you get you get bonus damage if it has the muscle powered tag. Yeah, so you might get a special attack that is a punch. Yeah, and you could be like, great, this is my Detroit Smash, mm-hmm. and it's muscle powered. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, and then there are a few defects as well that don't uh, attach themselves to powers. Uh, the, I like, there's a sidebar in there that I really liked, which was like, what about my overconfident, lazy, honorable, uh, superhero? How come he doesn't get 10 bonus points? And then the sidebar's like, cause that's dumb. Those are just roleplay things. We don't, <laughs> that's just shit your character does. Who cares? It's just, that's just stuff that if you wanted to roleplay that you can, you don't have to, why yeah. would we give you free points for it? And I appreciate that because I'm so used to these games having that like class clown and like oh, depressive yeah. type bullshit where it's like, oh, you have to act like you're sad all the time, but you get five extra points. You have halitosis and no one wants to smell your stank mouth. And I'm like, my dude, I have depression. I don't act depressed all the time. Fuck you. <laughs> <sighs> I, I'm a total class clown in it, and based on my crap ass life, I didn't get any extra points for it. I'm a total class clown. <laughs> and it's great. Yeah, I got a point. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I put that point into podcasting. <laughs> That's why I'm better at it than you. <laughs> what the hell are you still doing here? Go forth, spread your wings and be better at this. Yeah, well, I also took lazy. <laughs> uh, you want to get to favorites and least favorites? I mean, we could talk about this for like another hour. Oh, easily, yeah. But, but uh, I mean, I already mentioned the only thing left is the whole setting and NPCs. And I I basically said everything that matters about that. The NPCs are pretty generic. I, I, uh, I A lot of them are pretty well mapped to existing things. Yeah, you got your speedster. You got your Superman. You got, you, the you, villain is a Dr. Doom type. You got, you know, Dr. Doom Magneto. Dr. Dumito. He well cuz he's got like dynamic He's, a, he's a, an electric guy. He's an ele- he's got dynamic power electrical but also he has like a super huge suit of robo armor that gives him a bunch of bonuses. So he's like if Dr. Doom had Magneto's electrical power. Yeah. Yeah, if Dr. Doom had Magneto's electrical power. Well, his magnetic power but he was calling it electric electric because well, as there, we already established well, There is a Russian magnetic control villain. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's also that. Cuz yeah. there's the not there's Kreutzritter, the Nazi that has lightning power mm-hmm. and then there's like General. Red Star or oh, some yeah, shit right. who yeah. has uh, magnetism. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, as we established about an hour ago in podcast terms, dynamic power, any writer you put in the parentheses after you write dynamic power, it might, you might as well replace it with what I can argue to. <laughs> Whatever I want. Yeah. So doesn't matter. I can say Magneto's electrical powers and it's fine. Whatever, whatever powers Magneto can argue he has electrically, he does. 
<laughs> magnetically. Mag- magnetics and, electri- and, and electrics are way more connected than you think they are. He should have all kinds of powers yeah, over... Yeah, but he only has magnetism, not electromagnetism. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, electromagnetism doesn't have all that much to do with electricity. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really wanting to... This... I'm going to have to start explaining ohms now. Oh my god, I want a character that's just electromagneto. <laughs> you take electro, you take magneto, you smash them together, and, and then, then you, you have, have the, the facts, facts of life. life. Uh, what's your favorite thing about this game? Uh, I actually really like the, uh, the sidebar. Like mm. I said before... The, uh, oh, but my shit, like, my character doesn't do anything because it, the game is very good in some ways of recognizing a lot of complaints that might pop up in a supers game if you build the difficulty for supers. Yes. Uh, when you try and make things where it's like, yeah, man, my super powered character has to roll to see if he does this and he's got, you know an 18 and a stat so he's doing an impossible thing so i'm gonna have to give him a minus six and you're like god damn like a regular street level dude with like a body of five or something is gonna suck at everything and they're like no no just it's it's, they just won't try to do this kind of stuff yeah it's just you know superman's trying to lift an island that's why he's got to roll that much there's never a scene scene where daredevil has to stop a 747 from crashing on the outside of the 747 that's not what he does that's not what his comics are about fucking fucking punisher doesn't stand in front of a train to stop it that's not his deal so (laughs) yeah if he's gonna try and stop a train he'll get on it and shoot the conductor he'll be like i heard you jaywalked once (sighs) bad hero but they keep trying to put me in marvel stuff and it doesn't make any sense (laughs) not good for team-ups uh so i do like that they have that in there the acknowledgement of hey this is specifically for a silver age superhero genre Mm -hmm. you can just look at it as have a sliding scale with pluses or minuses use the different dice whatever i because we've been doing this show for so long and have so often come across games where they're like oh, I have a 5% chance of ever succeeding at anything as a normal level one character. The fact that they address that and say, no, we thought of that is nice. Yeah, that's appreciable. What is your favorite thing? I was pretty much going to pick the sidebars as well. There's a lot of good gaming advice in this book. Yeah. Um, It, it comes up more than once. I, I particularly like that one that I mentioned earlier about uh, the, you know, what about all these these defects I want to take that aren't really defects and are just role-playing game opportunities. And they respond with, those are role-playing game opportunities. You should use them for role-playing. Yeah, if you want to have a cowardly character, then do that. You shouldn't get bonuses for it because that's just a role-playing experience. Much like how in other games, it's not actually a a challenge to role-play a character with a lower stat. It's just different. (laughs) It doesn't make you a better role-player. But anyway, that's that's a whole tangent. I also really appreciated this game's uh, dedication to letting you play whatever you want in the superhero genre where they where they the first 20 or 30 pages of this book are just explaining things like how the golden age of the silver age were different and what the the the, uh cataclysmic shift on the market that frank miller had in the in the mid 80s oh yeah the way that a lot of the comics that you would look at from a certain era because of the comics code Mm -hmm. and the seduction of innocence book just absolutely ruined everything as comics would come out and they're like well i guess everything has to be solved with a pie eating contest now yeah it's also nice to see someone in, uh, discussing Frank Miller in hushed, reverent tones because the book was written in 2004 and he hadn't his brain hadn't soured yet. <laughs> well, it probably had. Oh, I'd say it probably had. We just hadn't gotten around to noticing that yet. <laughs> yeah, that dude's brain is milk now. 
<laughs> he's milk baby. <laughs> so uh, that would probably be my favorite thing is the dedication to. I mean, I know I made fun of it earlier by pointing out that they claim that they're the first game to ever think of that, but I, I do appreciate the dedication and extra steps they went towards making it a possibility within this game's engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say is your least favorite thing here? Oh, I mean, it's hard to really say that something like, say, Special Attack is my least favorite, mm-hmm. because I appreciate the dynamic way that it works. Yeah. Uh the way that you can just be like, I can create whatever attack I wanted to out of all of these, like, 50 different Lego bits of powers. Yeah. And that's neat, but I feel like... <sighs> I don't like... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just going to say, I think the math on it ends up getting to the point where either you're going to come out the other side with some real stupid bullshit, mm-hmm. or you fucked up and you come out with some very bad bullshit. You won't be very good at anything. You'll feel you'll you'll feel bad that you messed up, and then you'll... I mean, ultimately, one of the things I felt when I was reading my way through this was, oh, geez, uh, there's so many powers here that feel like must-haves. You know, like, oh, I gotta boost my defenses because my defenses are entirely based on me and not based on whether oh, yeah. anyone can hit You're me. You're like, well, I have to take the increased combat value just, attack just and plain, defense. Just plain have to take both of those up to their high level. I gotta buy some extra attacks and some extra defenses. I definitely need a special attack, so I've got any kind of attack I'm doing, and uh, I probably ought to purchase a few of these other ones that are just sort of like armor. I'm definitely going to need some of that so I don't die. Uh, and by the time you're done, you're like, oh, shoot, I spent all my points. Yeah. That's kind of a, I mean, that's not my least favorite thing, but it is kind of a bummer. Yeah, no. I think, honestly, just special attack, not that it itself is particularly bad, but I think the dev- design philosophy in it is good. Mm-hmm. The implementation, I think got a little too up its own ass. Yeah. Like, it could have done with a slightly less granularity, Mm -hmm. and I would have liked it better. There Uh, are definitely too many moving parts in every single power you have to build for yourself. Yes, and like I said, it ends up... and the restrictions and the the reductions. It ends up being a matter of system mastery of can you figure out what the best way to game this system is. Yes, like you purchase a single power. You're like, oh, I I have a special blast. I can shoot a fire beam. Okay, what does that require? Well, you got to purchase three PMVs for the damage it does, for the range it does, and for the number of targets it can hit. You also need to choose if you want any reductions to that, any any uh, restrictions to that. Uh, you got to choose any secondary riders for that, plus any negative secondary riders. Then you got to go down to the defects section and choose if there's any defects that are, that, are, that are, and you're like, oh my god, there's like seven variables before I even, like this one power. Oh yeah, you look at the NPC section and you're like, oh, the, their main Superman stand-in has like four different special attacks and all of them are like three lines of text for all the shit that each of them has. And even when they were building in the game, they pretty much cheated. Like they mentioned at the start of the defect section, like don't take too many of these. It makes your character feel kind of one note and 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 simple. And then when you go back to the NPC section, like every single power in the game is obvious. Oh yeah, every single person in every single power is like, what do you have? Telepathy. Also, it's obvious that I'm using it. I glow when I use telepathy. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Every Fucking single one every of you. power, yeah. they're like, I just get a bonus point for saying it's obvious. Yeah, like, that's the kind of thing you'd expect them to get to crack down on, to be like, oh, that's a min-max, that's a player problem, and then they fill the book with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. what's your least favorite thing? So, I'm going to say my least favorite thing, this is kind of a return of a classic, least favorite thing. No, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say the tone. What I mean by return of a classic is a return of big eyes, small mouth, where my least favorite thing was. What I'm going to say is, it's the return of the Mac. <laughs> 
I wish I knew any other lines from that song. Yeah, same. Or even if that line was correct, because boy, it sounds like Return Unto Me. It's Return of the Mac, and then I, I guess, yes, I do, yes, I do, do, do is a line from it. So there <laughs> you go. I got one. Uh, anyway, um, when we did Big Eye, Small Mouth, my least favorite thing was the fact that defenses have nothing to do with offenses. Mm-hmm. And that is unfortunately going to be my least favorite thing here as well. Mm-hmm. It is it is simply not good design because it means that you can just spend a couple of points and disengage from combat entirely. From now on, no matter what's coming, I have a 1 in 100 chance that it affects me. Done. Yep. it's uh, It's not great. It's it, it's not. A, I don't understand how they keep making games with that same problem. I assume it's because they if anyone does it, they're like, ah, you're a bad min maxer. I mean, we've definitely seen plenty of games where defense was player side mm-hmm. and it was just like, yeah, someone attacks you and you see if you defend against it. Yeah. And at least in this, you only have unless you buy extra defense actions as a power, you only have one defense action and then every action after that. You're minus two to the defense additive. Yeah, those are linear costs, by the way, and it's three points per extra defense, which means, again, it's one of those powers where you feel like you need it. You're like, oh, I spent 30 out of my 175, and now I can defend 11 times. Yeah, I just, I have all these defenses, and I'll be fine. Um, And then the 12th defense, I'm minus two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I... Even in other games where we've I only in Big Eye Small Mouth have I seen a game where they are 100% decoupled from each other. Usually you see one where it's like, oh, yeah, you're rolling a dodge against your own dodge. It's got but the only thing that the incoming attack affects is it throws a bonus onto your dodge or a penalty onto your dodge. Yeah. Uh, based on the, here. It's not that. No, the only thing when that it's possibly completely gets you is just based on your skill. Yeah. So it didn't matter if they had rolled, you know. Oh, I rolled a three and I got super under my score and I'm I'm real good. And you're like, great. I rolled a 15, but my defense value is 17, so I don't give a shit. You can jack your uh, your extra... Your, your, and uh, I will. <laughs> you can bring your defensive combat value up to 20 aver- on average for like 30 points. Oh, yeah. Just of power purchases. You're like, well, I really want to see people playing this game and see why... Uh, I want to see people who aren't just doing that. Uh, uh, is it because the GM has to yell at them not to, or is it because they just assume everyone does? I feel mostly... That it's one of those games where you go in, and like I said, it definitely feels like it's supposed to be you sit down with a GM to make a character. Yeah. Uh, and that they don't let you just go, yeah, you can't just buy 10 ranks and all the defense and all the attack. Like, that's not what your character concept was. No, well, my character's concept is attack defense Jones. <laughs> His powers, he has lots of attack and lots of defense. Great. Mm-hmm. Mild-mannered Jones had no attack and defense until he stumbled into a, I don't know, irradiated paintball shop, uh, uh, range. Paintball shop. Paintball shop. And now he has all the attack and all the defense of uh, the paintball masters. And so he needs de- definitely needs tens in both. And uh, uh, thanks. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where I feel like if you were playing this game, it would be a lot of honor system if you weren't doing the gm run through yep where you'd have to be like okay show up and everyone shows up and they're like well i took a few you know i've got a 12 or a 14 or something and then the one guy sits down and he's like 20s and everything go fuck yourself yeah and i'll go ahead and say that goes on my gamer manifesto if your game has to run on the honor system that's a game problem not a player problem (laughs) uh would you play this uh you know i love superhero games so i'd probably give it a shot 
Yeah, I mean, I don't mind making characters in it. I don't know that I would really enjoy playing it very much. I'm too much of a min-maxer, and I don't think I would be trustworthy to to make a character in this. It's not just like, you can't hit me, and I can always hit you, and done. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely a game where someone like you would have to sit down, and you'd have to be like, tell me what your character concept is. I'd have to be like, here's my character concept. You make my character. No, just be like, what's a power? What do you want to be based around? No, it's got to be that. The only way I could possibly be trusted to play in a game like this is if it's like that whole, like, I get to measure and you get to cut the cake kind of, kind of rule. That's what I'm it's saying. The only way I could do it. Because if you're like, oh, I want to, I want armor as my power, they're like, great, you can have armor at level five. <laughs> what a coincidence. My bonus character, available at patreon.com slash system mastery. Wait a minute. At the $1 level, does have armor at five. Patreon.com slash system mastery at the $1 level. That's right. That's where you can go to find all kinds of great bonus content that we have made over the years and are still making to this very day at patreon.com slash system mastery we have three levels at which you can support us to purchase your way into all kinds of awesome bonus content at the single one dollar level you get the bonus content for system mastery where we make characters to do a little deeper dive into the game we just reviewed the two dollar level unlocks the uh star wars expounded universe bonus content where we raid wikipedia for fun uh, weird, silly details from Star Wars history. And the $5 level gets you everything. Everything I've already mentioned and the uh, monthly afterthought, which is more of a Q&A uh, bonus podcast where people can uh, ask us questions and we give them dumb answers. And the TV Mastery, where we review weird old TV shows. Yes, indeed. So much. All available for you right there at patreon.com slash system mastery mm-hmm. mm. what a deal yeah and if you can't do that we understand just leave us nice reviews on itunes and stitcher and stuff yeah it's fine yeah. our show sucks and i get it yeah nobody totally wants to go onto their favorite <laughs> platform and tell everyone that we're good because then everyone will know you listen to us and that's a bad thing yeah you don't want that that's that that's bad look that's like going online and being like have you guys seen this porn video i just watched it's amazing i get it we're a guilty pleasure we're our we're your little secret, okay? Mm-hmm. We're your dirty little secret. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Or <laughs> you'll keep be you my dirty little secret. <laughs> or you'll be just another egret, because my power is to turn people into egrets. Yeah, I have I have transformation egret. <laughs> <sighs> I have a few. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon with yet more system mastery, exciting times content, good time fun for American people, and also other people, but not the British people. <laughs> And until then, you have a good one. 